Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be re- previewing the entire NFL Week 3 slate of games and also recapping the Thursday night football game from last night. Let's get right on into it. All right, so before we get on into the whole NFL Sunday and Monday week of games, let's talk about the game that happened last night between the Steelers and the Browns, with the Browns beating the Steelers uh, 29-17. to 17. Got the straight up right, but the, I did pick the Steelers to cover, so that was obviously wrong. Um, first major takeaway is I think Mitchell Trubisky will be able to hold on to his job for at least a couple more weeks. Um, he played good enough, especially in the first half. The offense just wasn't really able to adjust in the second half and get things going there. But although they have the Jets on a long week, uh, this upcoming week in 10 days, they're going to be playing the Jets. And that's like that's a pretty good matchup to get your quarterback in a rookie quarterback going first. But then they play the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, Eagles, Saints and Bengals, which is just a brutal stretch for any offense to face, much less one headed by a rookie. So maybe they still make the switch anyways and they just throw them into the fire, but I could see them waiting until they have the Colts the following week after that. Maybe they throw them in there or sometime in the middle of the stretch so he's not just playing all of these great defenses. Uh, My second major takeaway is I think that the Steelers really need to get George Pickens going more, get him more involved. Uh, Part of it this week was he did have a couple drops, so that's going to be on him, but man, he might have just made the catch of the year we're going to be talking about that play for the next like 10 plus years honestly uh just an incredible falling backwards one hand out very reminiscent of the odell catch he's he's just a special player and i wouldn't be surprised if we start talking about him as one of the top players at his position in the next couple of years because he has that kind of talent within him he just needs to needs the targets needs the looks needs the offense that will actually cater to him to produce and then for the Brown side of the ball, uh, their offense looked great. Like, albeit they didn't really spread the ball around a bunch, but like Brissett looked like a good, dare I say, above average starter out there. Um, and Joku, he had a career game for him, showing why the Browns gave him that massive contract. And Coop was creating separation all day. He did have a drop in there and a tough contested catch that he didn't come down with on a fourth down, but. Either way, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. That's everything you want out of him, pretty much. Um, and then Chubb. Chubb's just always a bowling ball out there on the ground. They got Hunt involved a bit, too, with 15 touches, only 61 yards on those. And then two other players only touched the ball once. So if teams can start taking away these major options, are they going to have a counter punch? Um, that is a question. But the Browns, I thought, really stepped it up today. And I was really surprised because... They have a backup quarterback, and they're going against a tough Steelers defense. I was really impressed with what I saw, and if this team can keep performing like this, then they could definitely make the playoffs, especially when Deshaun comes back after 11-game suspension. All right, so then we have the Chiefs uh, going to Indianapolis facing the Colts. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, first key thing I'm looking out for is the Colts really just need to look competent this week. Uh, they're still alive, I think, if they take the L, but... They need to at least like move the ball, show some ability on offense. And so far, they just like through two weeks, they had that great fourth quarter against the Texans, but that's been about it offensively so far. And you can't win the division like that. But even if they're 0 2 1 
and but they lose maybe like 35 to 28 it's like okay at least like now we see their offense rolling and able to get stuff done and they can still come back and win what's looking to be a pretty poor division and then the second point is are the colts gonna even be healthy this game as of right now uh, shaquille leonard and alex pierce are full goals at practice Pittman, he's still limited this team showed last week that they don't have the depth to withstand injuries and so if they don't have everyone back this week going against the monster that is the Chiefs, then like they don't even have a shot. And then lastly, can the Chiefs dominate like they did week one or are they going to show some weakness, show some holes like they did last week? Um, is this going to be a close game or a blowout? I, I do think it'll be maybe not like a full on blowout, but I do think that the Chiefs will be able to at least cover this five and a half point spread and win. Then we have the Eagles taking on the Commanders as six and a half point favorites in Washington. Uh, firstly, will Jalen Hurts continue his dominant start to the season, uh, especially going against what's been so far a poor Commanders defense? Hurts has just been absolutely incredible, looking like a top five quarterback in the league through two weeks. Um, is this going to be sustainable? Is he going to be able to keep this up over the whole season? And is this just who he is now? Did he hit that Josh Allen year three development and now he's like, yeah, I'm elite? Or is this just kind of like a couple flashes in the pan and is he's going to go back to about the 20th or so best quarterback? We'll have to stay tuned. Um, it's a good week to keep this continuing, though. And then secondly, which Eagles defense is going to show up in this game? Week one, they got obliterated by the... Lions obviously they still came out on top that game winning 38 to 35 but they gave up 35 points to the Lions which are looking to be a pretty good offense so it's not as much of a knock as it was before and then last week they just shut down Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings but that was on Monday Night Football and you know it's Kirk Cousins on Monday night so what who are these Eagles defense are they that lockdown group with led by Darius Slay getting multiple interceptions um pass ropes up front elite or um, linebackers all right tj edwards does his best and then the corner is just being absolutely shut down or are they going to be giving up big play after big play like they were against the lions and then lastly will carson wentz be able to step up in a revenge game against the first of the two teams that gave up on him um, big storyline he gets to play these eagles twice the ones that he was having an MVP caliber season four before getting injured. His backup led them to the Super Bowl, and then everyone wanted him replaced. He came back in, played terribly, and eventually did get replaced by someone else. Um, is he going to be able to use that to fuel him and be like, no, like I'm still him. I'm still that guy from 2017 who is able to play at this MVP caliber level? Or is he going to fold under the pressure of thousands of eagles fans booing at him because philadelphia fans are not nice man um i don't know if he'll completely fold but i believe in jalen hurts and this eagles offense to cover that six and a half point spread and win then we have the bills taking on the dolphins in miami as five and a half point favorites uh the bills being five and a half point favorites the bills so far have been the best team in the league like blowing out opponents in the each of the first two weeks uh the first person or the first team they faced won the super bowl the second team was the reigning afc number one seed um these are no slouch pushover squads and they just made them look like college football teams out there like college teams playing against the nfl josh allen's unstoppable stefan diggs unstoppable this secondary despite all the injuries in it so far just absolutely locked down this pass rush might be the best in the league 
and they don't blitz like hardly at all. I think they blitzed three times last week and zero times the week before. Um, it's just unreal what this team is doing right now. They look absolutely unbeatable. And then last week, the Dolphins showed in the second half that the true upside of this offense. Um, can they build upon that success against this Buffalo defense that has been absolutely dominant? Um, going to be a tough ask for Tua, who, although like statistically he did play amazingly and he did execute the offense well enough to put up six touchdowns, hitting the wide open receivers and letting them use their talents and playmaking abilities to help him. He was helping them help him. It was like a one-to-one relationship, you know, like without the good weapons, Tua would not have been able to perform that good, but he performed good. So the weapons performed good. You know what I'm saying? Like it was on both of them, but can Tua keep that up so far in his career? He hasn't been one to consistently play up to that standard that he did last week. So we'll have to see against what's been the best defense in the league so far. Is he going to be able to keep that up? And then lastly, this could be a season-defining game for Tua and this team. If he is able to step up and lead this team to victory, that would really start to silence all the doubt, I believe, around Tua. Um, As I said, he's not able to string these games together. And if he can against what has been just such a dominant defense, then yeah, like I think he would be start like the real deal like if he goes out those another like four touchdowns zero one interceptions like we're gonna have to start talking about two as at least like a top 12 quarterback right um however i do think that this bills team is just unstoppable right now and the dolphins while they'll put up maybe a bit more of a fight than the other teams i think that the bills can still cover that five and a half point spread and win then we have the Bengals, uh six point favorites going on to take the, the jets in new york Zach Wilson is still out, so we will have one more week of Joe Flacco, which I do believe is majorly limiting this offense. Although they were able to hang up 31 points last week, there was many plays that Joe Flacco missed, especially to Garrett Wilson. Um, if they had a, if they had Zach Wilson, I don't know if it would be much better because he did not look great as a rookie or at the beginning of this year or in the beginning of this preseason. But at least if he is out there, then you know. You're starting to get that development. You're starting to get that higher upside that he brings with his legs and his arm talent versus Joe Flacco, which does not have the arm talent, does not have the legs, um, does not have the accuracy at this point in his career. So we have to see if this offense is able to keep it up with Joe Flacco or if it will look more like week one. And then number two, the Bengals have been favorites in back-to-back weeks and yet have underperformed. Um, are they going to fold under the pressure of high expectations from this year, or can they get back on track against a third team, which on paper they are much more talented than? And then number three, this Jets defensive line could really get after the Bengals and cause them a lot of troubles. If it does, does Joe Burrow play like he's been playing so far, folding under pressure, making bad reads, bad throws, um, being inaccurate, taking unnecessary sacks, rolling into the sacks? He's really been poor under pressure and a lot of the sacks so far on this line they are on the line but then a lot of them are on joe himself um he's just not navigating the pocket like a like how you would expect someone of his caliber or perceived caliber of quarterback to do so and this just defensive line has some dogs to get after him so we'll have to see if joe burrow can navigate the pressure that he almost assuredly would be facing I I think the Bengals continue to slide here. I'm just losing more and more faith, especially after being unable to beat the freaking Cooper Rush Cowboys. I think the Jets are going to be able to cover and win this game. 
right, then we have the Lions taking on the Vikings. Vikings being six-point favorites at home. The last we saw of the Vikings, they were just absolutely embarrassed on Monday Night Football. But 1 p.m. Kirk is a different breed. If he could bounce back and have a great game against the Lions' shaky secondary, I would not be surprised at all. Um, especially they have good receivers, decent enough offensive line where they'll be able to buy Kirk enough time. The, I think this is going to be a bit of a get-right game for this offense. And then how are they going to be defending these receivers of the Vikings? Will the Lions follow Jefferson around with Okuda? Okuda has been playing great this year, so good to see former number three overall pick who's missed some time with injury. Are they going to trust him to cover one of the best in the game like the Eagles did with Darius Slay? Or are they going to kind of like take like the Packers approach, use his own defense, passing him off, which did not work at all last time? So I kind of expect them to follow him around with Okuda, but we'll have to see. Then lastly, can this Vikings offense or Vikings defense limit this Alliance offense that has been so big play oriented pretty dominantly so far? They have an amazing offensive line and a talented group of playmakers. And say what you want about Jared Goff, but he does enough to get the ball in his hands of his pl- the playmakers. Like that's what he did in what was it like 2017, 2018 when he led the team to or led the Rams to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, he wasn't the catalyst there, but he at least was executing, you know, and he can do that. However, I'm really believing in this Vikings bounce back. They are a very talented team, and they know that they need to start piling up some wins, especially in the division, if they want to be able to make a playoff run. So I have the Vikings covering and winning this game. Then we have the Ravens as two and a half point favorites going on to take the Patriots in New England. Firstly, can Mac Jones and this anemic offense get something going against a pass defense that got absolutely torched last week? Um, this was not a pretty showing for the Ravens secondary. And so far in this year, it has not been a pretty showing for the um, Patriots offense. So kind of this could be a get right game for either of those sides. We'll have to see which one of these struggling units will come out on top. Secondly, will the Ravens pass rush be able to step up and cause enough chaos when the deficiencies on the back end won't be taken advantage of? Um, that's one thing. A good pass rush can help force the ball out fast. And maybe like you only have to cover these guys for like one or two seconds, especially because theoretically Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters should be good corners. They've been good in the past, but they have been struggling with injuries. So maybe they're just like getting back up to speed a bit. Um, if they can co- only have to cover for two, three seconds versus four or five seconds, that's a lot easier. And they, the Patriots or the Ravens do have some guys who can get after him. Matty Wicke had a great week one, a bit more quiet week two, but still good pass rusher from the middle. Clays Campbell, Justin Houston, just these old vets that keep on producing somehow. And then Odafe Owe, first round pick from last year, um, showed a lot of promise in his rookie year. Can he start putting stuff together in year two a little bit more now. And then number three, Lamar Jackson is making a serious case for MVP despite losing last week. So is he going to continue this against the Patriots who have always been a good defense? Is he going to be able to torch them, light them up and be like, yes, I am the MVP despite Josh Allen, despite Jalen Hurts, whoever else you want to be putting in that there right now. Can Lamar Jackson be like, yes, I'm still in this conversation and I believe I'm still number one. Um, I think he does. I think Lamar Jackson has a huge game once again, and the Ravens cover this two-and-a-half-point spread and beat the Patriots. Then we have the Raiders as two-and-a-half-point favorites going to Tennessee, taking on the Titans. This is a must-win game for the Raiders if they want to keep their season alive. Um, they've been... They've 
shown potential in back-to-back close games. The, you can see the talent. You can see the pieces. Just something's not there, whether it's Derek Carr throwing the game away or Josh McDaniel just not play calling in the second half, not trying to win. They weren't playing a win in the second half of last week. You can see how this team can be good, but you can also see clearly why they aren't good and why they haven't been able to secure the win. So are the tides going to turn for the Raiders this week? Um, A big thing to look out for for the Raiders is are these superstars that they have going to be able to take advantage of the Titans' weakness? So the Titans have backups playing at both corners and tackled positions. Um, They've been dealing with injuries already through two weeks there, and that's exactly where the Raiders' strengths are. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. These guys should be able to tee off against young, unproven players who are being forced to step up right now because of all the injuries the Titans are playing. So... On paper, that should be a huge matchup that does lean towards the Raiders, but the Titans do have former coach of the year, Mike Vrabel, who has in the past been able to get the best out of players like this. But the Titans have also looked surprisingly terrible so far. I I don't think this is as much of a must-win game for the Titans as it is the Raiders, though. As I said the with the Colts, um, the Titans could start off 0-3, still finish like 9-8 and and win the division. Um, but the Titans are playing at home right now, and Vrabel has been the guy who is able to get his guys to rally, beat more talented teams, and especially at home with the crowd cheering it for them against a really lackluster Raiders squad. I would not be surprised at all if the Titans were able to pull off the upset here against the Raiders. However, I just think that on the the superstars of the Raiders got to shine through, especially against a team that is ill-equipped to handle them. So I have the Raiders covering and winning, and I hope I don't regret it this time. I, I switched to last minute. I was like, Titans, Titans going to win, but I'm like, no. You got to look at the actual players who are playing and the Raiders just have better talent. Then we have the Saints as two and a half point favorites taking on the Panthers in Carolina. Um, First, who plays quarterback for the Saints? Um, Right now, Jameis is dealing with some injuries limited in practice. Is Andy Dalton going to be the starter this week? And if he is, is he the better option either way? Like Jameis hasn't looked good so far. He's other than a fourth quarter against the Falcons. He's done pretty much nothing for this team throwing picks left and right and honestly being the reason why they lost that last game last week number two the panthers look like the worst coach team in the league right now and that's saying a lot because you got the likes of mike mccarthy zach taylor nathaniel hackett josh mcdaniels and cliff kingsbury all vying for that title are they going to look competent this week if they don't start at least looking as i said competent Matt rule's going to get fired sooner rather than later and then lastly, are we ever going to see the good Baker again? He's had such an up-and-down career so far. Um, CMC, he's questionable to play right now. And if he doesn't play, Baker's really going to need to put this team on this back if they ha- want to have a shot to win. Um, and I'm really questioning on whether or not he can do that right now. So I do have the Saints covering this 2.5-point spread and winning. Then we have the Texans taking on the Bears in Chicago. The Bears being favored by three points. Are the Bears ever going to open up their passing attack and find out what they truly have in fields? They obviously don't trust him, right? Like, he threw the ball 11 times last week. They don't think they can win games with him with his arm. But, like, they've derived this from practice. 
but I still kind of just want to see it on the field. Like, what if he's the guy who turns it on in game time? I feel like he could be. Like, he has that competitive chip in him. But are we going to see that? Are the Texans going to be the team that the Bears think that they can take advantage of in the secondary? Um, I don't think the Bears have an advantage against any team when with wideouts going against cornerbacks. But maybe they do start to try to open up and be like, okay, okay, let's see if Justin Fields can lead a passing attack to victory. It does look like the Texans, though, have a huge advantage in the pass rush game or in the pass game in general on defense. They do have a pretty decent pass rush that can really get after the Bears' offensive line, especially with um, Jerry Hughes. And this secondary is coming together a bit against a pretty non-existent receiving core. You got Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson, a pretty nice corner duo. Um, Obviously still young, and then Steven Nelson is like a number two. So the Bears still could try to pass against them a bit. And if they do, are the Texans going to win that matchup, or is it going to be the Bears? And then lastly, the Texans have so far impressed against two teams that far outmatch them with talent. And now they're going against a team on a more equal playing field honestly i kind of think the texans are the more talented team so how do they look i was very surprised the bears were covered in this um i had the texans covering and winning i was i had to like double check this i'm like are the texans like i'm sure the texans aren't the ones being favored here i i just really don't have faith in this bears team right now where they're going the coaching on offense specifically like they they don't trust the quarterback to win so how am i supposed to trust them to win you know that, that's how i feel about this team right now then we have the Jags facing the Chargers in L.A., Chargers being seven-point favorites. The Jags have looked very impressive so far through two weeks, especially this offense led by Trevor Lawrence and this defense being led by Josh Allen. Um, two young ascending players and who could be talked about in like at least like tier two of their position by the end of this year, maybe by mid-season of this year, honestly. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you're starting to see all the reasons why he was this golden boy, number one overall pick since he stepped onto Clemson's field. And then Josh Allen leading this defense, having sacks each week and really coming together as a whole unit, shutting down the Colts last week. Uh, Very impressive showing by the Jags. And now, though, they're going against one of the most talented teams in the league right now. But this team is dealing with some injuries. They have some injuries to Herbert, Allen, J.C. Jackson, Corey Lindsley. Um, They're limited right now in practice, so they could come back still. But even if they do end up playing, are they going to like, are the injuries still going to hold them back? You know, like you saw Herbert after he took that shot to the ribs, like run off to the side and like look like he was barely able to move, but then throw the frozen rope. Not all these players are Herbert. Is Allen going to be a bit slow coming off it? his um hamstring injury is he not going to have as crisp of routes jc jackson got cooked by i don't remember his first name but watson of the chiefs last week is jackson going to be up to speed this week and be actually able to lock down someone like christian kirk or is kirk going to get the better of him Corey lindsey is are they going to like line up like maybe trayvon walk and move him to the inside take advantage of that how is this going to work for the um chargers playing some guys who are dealing with injuries already three weeks into the season. This really feels like a trap game for the Chargers that the old Chargers would lose, um, or at least make it like a lot closer than it should be. Is this going to be the same? Are these Chargers, despite all the talent, all the improvement, all the superstars that they've added this offseason, are they still the same old Chargers that we know? I don't think so. 
I think it will be close, but I think it's going to be more so that the Jags play good than the Chargers play bad. I have the Jags covering that seven-point spread, but I still do think the Chargers will come out as the victors here. Then we have the Packers taking on the Buccaneers and Tampa, uh, Bucks being one-point favorites. The Buccaneers have one of the best defenses in the league right now, if not the best, and they could feast against the Packers team without really established receivers. Um, yeah, this Packers offense has not looked very impressive through two weeks, and this Bucks defense has been locking down everyone. So it would be I'd be very surprised if the Packers were able to, to get the things going against the Buccaneers. Secondly, were the injuries to the Bucks' offense plus the suspension to Mike Evans really limit what they can do against a Packers defense that is also very, very talented? Um, they're going to be without their best receiver, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, both questionable right now. So who's going to really be able to step up and catch passes with Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, all draped over them? Like... This really just feels like it's going to be another defensive bout between these two teams, just like we saw with the Buccaneers and Saints last week. But we are talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. So which one of these aging quarterbacks is going to be able to overcome all of these early season problems and lead their team to a victory against what should be another like NFC playoff opponent? I think it will be the Packers this week. Um, I just... I have faith that this team's going to be a lot better than what people are expecting and really lean into their running backs and use them as weapons more so than how we've seen most running backs be used. Like, use two running back sets, put Aaron Jones in the slot or out wide, too. And I think the Packers are going to be able to do just enough to beat this also very talented Buccaneers team. Then we have the Rams as three-and-a-half-point favorites facing the Cardinals in Arizona. The Cardinals were able to perform an incredible comeback last week, led by some Kyler Murray heroics. Can they use that momentum that they've gotten to build upon that and go forward and be a better team than what many people were expecting, or are they going to fold back and look like they did for the first six quarters of this year? And then the Rams, they bounced back really nicely, going up 28-3 to against the hapless Falcons team. But they almost blew it, with the final score being 31-27. We already saw that the Cardinals are able to pull off these incredible comebacks. So if they do get the lead again, will the Rams just keep putting the foot on the gas? Or are they going to let up and really regret it this time? Then when do we start talking about Cooper Cup as the number one? Is he going to repeat as the Triple Crown? He's looked dominant so far this year. And if he has another 100-plus yards, one touchdown, or more touchdowns, uh, what's keeping him out of the wide receiver one conversation? I do think that the Rams are going to be able to cover this three and a half point spread and beat the Cardinals, even though they're playing in Arizona. Then we have the Falcons at the Seahawks, Seahawks being one point favorites. The Seahawks offense has not scored since halftime at the Broncos week one. Um, despite all the hype, despite all the excitement after week one, they were just absolutely flat last week against it, a good Niners defense, to be fair, but they should have at least scored a couple points. Like They scored absolutely nothing. The only touchdown that was scored that came by the Seahawks was the blocked field goal. So if this team's going to want to win games, they obviously need to produce. They have some of the best wide receivers in the league. Just huck it up to DK and lock it sometimes. You know, like Don't be as conservative. Let your playmakers make plays. Number two is AJ Terrell hasn't looked quite the same this year, and now he's going to be going against DK Metcalf, who could get the better of him just being the physical beast that he is, like box him out, go deep. Um, 
Terrell's been in good position so far this year, I believe, but he's just been getting beat at the catch point, and is one of the best at the catch point players. So I feel like that's a matchup that the Seahawks can really take advantage of. And lastly, are we going to see Kyle Pitts do something this week? He's such a talented player, so why isn't he getting as many looks as Kaderil Hodge or Brian Edwards in key situations? Um, I know Arthur Smith was saying that he cares about winning games, not winning fantasy. Well, you aren't doing either right now, so why not try to get your number four overall pick from last year more involved? Like That probably would help you win games. Um, yeah, I, I don't trust the Falcons right now. I think the Seahawks are going to cover and win this game. Despite their offense looking so bad so far, I think they're going to be able to turn around against the Falcons because they are the Falcons, you know. Then we have the Niners as one-and-a-half-point favorites facing the Broncos in Denver. Will Jimmy G continue his winning ways as a starter with the Niners? Like, it's kind of getting ridiculous at this point. He's maybe the 20th best quarterback, you can say. But when he plays for the Niners, they just win. He executes the offense good enough where, despite his limitations, his mistakes, his inability to see linebackers over the middle of the field and gifting them free interceptions, despite all that, they're still able to win games with him as a starter. Um yeah, is he going to continue that against the Broncos, who have so far looked terrible? Or how's this game going to end up, you know? Um, is this the week that we see Russ Cook? Are they going to put up 16 points for a third straight week? What's going to happen with this Broncos offense? I feel like we know nothing about it so far because it's just been so bad. Maybe that's what we do know about it. Maybe we know that it's disappointing. Um, right now, Jerry Judy is dealing with an injury. Is he going to be able to come back and play this week? If not, they're up two of their top three wide receivers, which obviously is a huge blow, especially for an offense that's been extremely underperforming so far. A lot of that falls on Nathaniel Hackett's shoulders, too. Uh, he's been absolutely horrendous so far with time management, fourth down decisions, offensive play calling, you name it. Will he learn from the mistakes that he's made these past couple of weeks and actually have like a good game? I think he's trying to learn like the way he punted the ball instead of kicking a 58-yard field goal. I think that was his way of being like, oh, yeah, like last week people got mad at me for kicking a long field goal, so I'm not going to this week, even though I feel like that was a mistake. You kick a 58-yard field goal in Denver. If a week ago you were trotting out for a 64-yarder, like he just feels really inconsistent so far. It doesn't feel like he knows as much what he should be doing as a head coach should. Like he knows more about what to do than I know what to do, but it's still like, okay, like you can tell like other head coaches know more than him, and he's making that very, very obvious. Um, so is he going to be able to learn from some of these past mistakes that he's made so far and grow? Or did Denver really just hire him as Aaron Rodgers bait? That failed, and now we're seeing the repercussions of that. I do think the Niners are going to be able to cover this one-and-a-half-point spread and beat the Broncos. And then lastly, we have the Monday night football matchup between the Cowboys and the Giants. Giants being one-point favorites. Wow. Um, can the Giants start 3-0 and for the first time since 2009? This Giants team does not look good, but they're also playing pretty poor teams. And now they're facing a backup-led Cowboys team. It's very realistic, realistic that they start 3-0 and and still like have a decent enough season throughout the second half of the year to be able to make a playoff berth. Um, I still think that if they were to make the playoffs that they would get like blown out by whoever the number two seed is, but we'll see. Um, and then despite... Dable, though, being this offensive-minded head coach, a lot of this reason for the Giants' success so far has been the defense led by Wink Markendale. Um, yeah, the, the Giants' offense has still been disappointing despite being headed by Dable. 
a lot of that I think falls on the shoulder of talent and Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay not being even a factor in this offense anymore. Um, it's really been this defense that has been leading them to a couple big wins. And now they're going against Cooper Rush, who started off hot last week, but really flamed out after the first two drives. Is Cooper Rush going to be a bit more consistent this week, lead a, a full game of offense against a Giants defense that has been good so far, but still could have their deficiencies, not the strongest talent on paper. They've just been overperforming expectations, I'd say, and be able to get up on this Giants offense that hasn't been able to put a lot of points on the board. Like 24 points by Cooper Rush in this offense could be good enough to win and really keep them alive in this NFC East. But if they drop this one and drop a couple more, then they're going to be firmly out of that race. Um, I do think that the Giants are going to be able to cover and win. I don't really have a lot of faith in Cooper Rush. And I think there's just something like a bit magical about this Giants team that will let them win close games against teams that are a bit derived of talent right now. Um, I don't think that they're going to still be able to make a lot of noise in the league, but I still do think that they're good enough to beat bad teams just because of their great coaching and stuff. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked it, leave a like and subscribe. Um, comment below what you think. Let me know what teams you think are going to win, how you think it's going to go covering the spread for your squad. And if you're on Apple Music, Spotify, leave a five-star review, push it out, help people find this. And yeah, see you all next time.